0: Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1948-1949 season. Last week we had the final episode of the Echo story arc that's been happening all season. Uh, This episode uh, is all about, basically the main thrust of it, is about Mary being late to the show and she has laryngitis and so forth. Um, and I've talked before about Mary not appearing on the show at different times. So I won't even go into that right now because I've covered that, uh, whole topic pretty well before. And I'll cover it again sometime. We'll see you next time.
1: The Jack Benny Program, presented by America's largest selling cigarette, Lucky Strike.
2: At six... two, American... Uh, b- Lucky Strike.
1: First again with tobacco men. First again with the men who really know tobacco, the independent auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen. Yes, a recent impartial survey shows that more independent tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly... Then the next two leading brands combined. Remember, these are the men who year after year can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. And for their own personal smoking enjoyment, they choose Lucky Strike. So let this overwhelming smoking preference of the experts lead you to real deep down smoking enjoyment. Light up a Lucky and puff by puff, you'll see L S M F T. LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and this fine Lucky Strike tobacco means a world of smoking enjoyment for you. Yes, you'll like Lucky Strike.
3: The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, let's turn our watches back to an hour before the Jack Benny broadcast. At the moment, Rochester is driving Jack to the studio.
4: Take it easy, Rochester. Don't cross the double line. You're getting too close to the car in front of you. Look out, I think that bus is going to turn. Watch it, the light is going to change.
5: Not so loud, boss. People will think we're married.
4: (laughs) Don't be so smart. Oh, look, Rochester. Look at that old electric automobile. Gosh, I haven't seen one of those in years. Uh, See, I rode in one of them when I was a boy. I never could understand how they ran just on (laughs) batteries. Move over, Rochester. He wants to pass us.
5: (laughs) Yes, sir. Oh, boss, the driver of that old electric car is trying to attract your attention.
4: He is? Oh, yes.
6: Hey, bud. Hey, you. Yeah? You bet on Dewey, too, huh? <laughs>
4: this isn't an election bet. This is my car. <laughs> Drive on, Rochester. You know, I think that... Rochester! Rochester, look out for that bus! Look out in front of the... Gee, we just hit it lightly. Get out and see if our car was damaged with Oh, boys. Yeah.
5: Guess which fender has the Tony?
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank goodness it's only the fender. Now, come on, Rochester. We've got to get to the studio. I don't want to be late. Yes, sir.
5: I'll start the car. <laughs>
7: Did the uh, did the motor die again? It died twenty years ago. You just
4: won't bear it. <laughs> well, I have been thinking of getting a new car, but I don't know what kind I'd like.
5: Oh, why don't you get one of those new Hudsons? They're so streamlined. Honestly, boss, they're so low you step down into them.
4: Well, you step down into this car.
5: I know, but the Hudson has a floor. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> What are you laughing at?
5: I'll never forget the time you stepped into the car when I was parked over an open manhole.
4: (laughs) Oh, yeah.
5: I had to rush down to Redondo Beach to get you.
4: (laughs) All right, all right. Now, Rochester... Right, NBC is just down the street, so I'll walk. You park the car and then get me a sandwich. I'm kind of hungry. Make it a chicken sandwich. Yes, sir. Gee, it's nice that NBC has the dressing rooms of the big stars right next to each other. Just look at them. Fibber McGee and Molly. Burns and Allen. Ozzy and Harriet. Ladies.
8: <laughs> and,
4: oh, here's my room. <laughs> yeah, I hope the scripts are ready.
3: Oh, uh... Hello Jack, I've been waiting for you. Well, hello Don,
4: is there anything important? Well,
3: it is to me. You see, I was looking over the script for today's program and on page 10, I notice you have a joke about my being fat. Well, what about it? Frankly, Jack, I don't like it. I think it's no longer dignified making fun of me
4: because I'm slightly overweight. Well, if you feel that way about it, Don, we'll we'll take the joke out. Thank you. By the way, that's a beautiful suit you're wearing. You sure have wonderful taste in clothes.
3: Well, you read about me in the paper, didn't you? No, what? I was picked as the ten best-dressed men on radio.
4: (laughs) Well, I don't blame them for picking you, Don. You stand out head and stomach over everybody. (laughs) Believe me. Oh, by the way, Jack, I didn't get to hear you on Bob Hope's program Tuesday night. Were you good? Don, I was dynamite. I was sensational. No matter what answer Hope had, I had the question for it. (laughs) And, Don, you know, this week I'm going to be on the Hallmark Playhouse program, and then I'm going to. Here's
5: your sandwich, Mr. Benny.
4: Oh, thank you, Rochester. Excuse me, Don. Oh, for heaven's sake, Rochester. I wanted this sandwich on white bread. You got it on rye.
3: Well, I'll take it back and have him change it. Oh, don't bother to take it back. I'll eat it, and you get Mr. Benny another one.
5: Okay, Mr. Wilson. I'll be back in a minute, boss.
4: Don, has everybody in the cast gone over their scripts? Everybody except Mary. She's not here yet. Hmm, not like Mary to be late. Yeah, I better call her and make sure that there's nothing wrong. Uh...
9: Oh, Mabel. What is it, Geitzviz? (laughs) Mr. Benny's line is flashing Yeah, I wonder what Sparkle Plenty wants now (laughs) I'll plug in and find out Hello? Yes, sir, I'll call you right back He wants I should get him Mary Livingston Mabel, have you noticed how much Mr. Benny has changed? In the last few months, he's gotten awfully gray at the temples His hair? No, his skin <laughs> Well, I didn't notice that, but there are lots of other changes in them Give a for instance
8: <laughs> Well,
9: he's so handy. He says when he was at the Palladium in London He was the greatest thing that ever happened to England No, yeah. He says he's so popular that he expects Princess Elizabeth to call her baby boy Jack Mountbatten Benny.
8: <laughs> what?
9: Of <I've> Edinburgh yet. <laughs> Better pull out your plug, Mr. Benny might be listening. Who cares? I've got a new sweetie pie. Phil Harris's guitar player, Frankie Remley. <laughs> Why, Gertrude gear shift? <laughs> I didn't even know anything was cooking among you two. <laughs> oh yeah, I had a date with Frankie again last night. He drove up on Mulholland Drive, parked the car, gave a big sigh, and then laid his head on my shoulder. My, how romantic! <laughs> romantic? Nothing. He was out cold. <laughs> Gertrude, I can't understand you. How can you go for a guy like Remley when Phil Harris is around?
8: Ah, Phil Harris.
9: <laughs> Take away his personality, his smile, and his wavy hair, and what do you got? <laughs> I don't know, kid, but throw me the leftovers. <laughs> that Phil Harris is my idea of uh, it. But... Uh, yes, Mr. Benny. I tried her number, but nobody answers.
4: Gee, Don. Mary doesn't answer. I hope there's nothing wrong with her. Oh,
3: I'm sure there isn't, Jack. I saw her yesterday in the stocking department of the May Company. The May Company? But
4: Mary doesn't work there anymore. No, but I do. I've got to eat, you know. (laughs) Yes, yes, I know, I know.
5: Here's your sandwich, boss. I got it on plain white bread this time.
4: Good, good. Excuse me, Don. Oh, my goodness, Roger. You said you got this sandwich on plain white bread. This bread is toasted Toasted? Doggone
5: this California sun Sure is strong <laughs> What? I'll take it back And have them change it I'll eat it, Rochester You get another one Here you are, Mr. Wilson I'll be back in a minute, boys
4: Say, down about five minutes Before we go on the air Go out and warm up The audience, will you? Oh, leave it to me, Jack I know what to do Good Come in
10: Oh, hello, Mr. Benny
4: oh, Hello, Dennis I'm glad you got here early Because... Hey, wait a minute why are you wearing a raincoat and rubbers? It's a beautiful day out.
10: I know, but it's going to rain. How do you know? When I left home, my mother's corns were hurting.
4: Oh, well, sometimes that is a sign of rain. When did they start hurting her?
10: This morning when a streetcar ran over a foot. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Dennis, please, I haven't had anything to eat yet.
3: Say, Dennis, I called you last night to find out what you're going to sing today, but you were out. I know, I took my girlfriend to a drive-in theater.
4: Hey, you know, I've never been to one of those drive-in theaters. What's it like?
10: Well, if you park in the front, you can hear the picture better. If you park in the middle, you can see it better. And if you park in the back... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh,
4: so you did a little spooly, eh? Oh, I'll
10: say. It was nice and dark in that drive-in theater, so I put my arm around my girl, she snuggled up close, and then I kissed her on the back of the neck, and wham, it happened. What happened? She fell off the handlebars.
8: (laughs)
3: Say, uh, Dennis, is this girlfriend of yours very pretty?
10: Oh, no, she looks awful She's got buck teeth, stringy hair, and a big wart on her nose Then why in
4: the world do you go with her? It's her bicycle (laughs) Uh, You take him Don. you've had some food No, you take him, Jack, I want to keep it (laughs) All right Dennis, what song are you
5: going to... Here's your sandwich, boss, chicken on plain white bread
4: Thanks, Rochester Excuse me, fellas Oh, Rochester, for heaven's sake, no mayonnaise Back I go, into the wild blue yonder Back
5: again, sandwich in hand
4: (laughs) Never mind the singing, just change it Yes, sir Oh, Rochester Here you are, Mr. Wilson Thanks (laughs) What are you staring at me for, Jack? I was just thinking, Don You know, if you had a slot in your back What a wonderful piggy bank you'd make (laughs) Now, Dennis, run over the song you're going to do, will you? Okay
10: (laughs) East is east and west is west And the wrong one I have chose Let's go where you keep on wearing those frills and flowers and buttons and bows, rings and things and buttons and bows. Don't bury me in this prairie, take me where the cement grows. Let's move down to some big town where the love of gal by the cut of her clothes. And you'll stand out in buttons and bows I love you in box skin Or skirts that you don't spun But i love you longer, stronger Where your friends don't hold a gun My bones denounce The buckboard bounce And the cactus hurts my toes Let's moose. Where gals keep using those silks and satins and linen that shows And you're all mine in buttons and bows A western ranch is just a branch Of nowhere junction to me Give me the city where living's pretty And the gals wear finery my. Denounce the buttboard bounce and the cactus hurts my toes. Let's bamoose where gals keep using rose silks and satins and linen that shows. And you're all mine in buttons and bows Gimme Eastern and where women are women in high silk holes and peekable clothes, And French perfume that rocks the room. You're all mine in buttons and
8: balls.
4: <laughs> Gee, I can't understand why Mary isn't here. She's, she's never been late before.
10: How'd you like my song, Mr. Benny?
4: I don't know, maybe she got tied up in traffic or something. How'd you like my song, Mr. Benny? I don't know, every Sunday she's the first one here. How'd you like my song? Gee, I hope nothing has happened to her. Oh, by the way, Dennis, I I thought you sang your song beautifully. Forget it,
10: kid, you had your chance.
4: (laughs) Huh? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Dennis, I... I had something else on my mind.
10: Don't try to lock the barn door after the horse stopped singing.
4: What are you talking about?
10: You know what I'm talking about. If the shoe fits, button it. Now cut that off!
4: <laughs> Say, Don, Don, I'm gonna... I I can't even look at him anymore Now, I'm going out to the artist's entrance And see if Mary came into the studio yet I can't understand it It's so unlike Mary Hello,
6: Mr. Benny Boy Oh, oh, hello
4: Hello, Mr. Kitzel
6: I'm so glad I found you Could I please have two tickets to your broadcast For my sister and her husband They just got back from their honeymoon
4: Oh, why, sure, sure, Mr. Kinson. How long have they been married?
6: Four years.
4: (laughs) Four years and they just got back from their honeymoon?
6: It wasn't their fault. They got married on a quiz program and before they knew it, they were on a slow boat to China. (laughs)
4: Oh, so they were in China? (laughs) Oh, my... (laughs)
6: What are you laughing at? Oh, you should see the way they eat now. Matcha balls with chopsticks.
4: Oh, <laughs> well, they brought
6: back chopsticks, eh? Yes, they even brought back souvenirs for my wife. Straw sandals, a coolie hat, a parasol, and a kimono. And last night, my wife put them on. Hoo, <laughs> uh, hoo, How does she look in a Chinese kimono? Like an egg food that's not so young. <laughs>
4: Mr. Kitzel, here are the tickets, and I hope the Weds will be very happy.
6: I hope so, too. You see, this is my sister's second husband.
4: Oh, oh.
6: So what happened to her first one? Well, it was a very peculiar incident. He was flying from New York to California. Uh Uh-huh. And while he was sitting in the airplane, he felt a little chilly. So he crawled out to turn off the fence. (laughs) (laughs)
4: I'll have to run along. I hope your relatives enjoy the show. Goodbye, Mr. Kitzel. It was nice seeing
6: you. Ooh, the pleasure was incidental. Thank you.
4: Yeah, I wonder wonder if he's still running that little hot dog stand.
3: Oh, uh, Jack.
4: Yes, Don? uh, Mary's maid called and said that Mary couldn't be on the program today because she has laryngitis and can't talk. Oh, my goodness. With Mary off the show, we'll be short. We'll have to do something to fill in the time. Gee, I don't know how Hello,
7: to... Jackson. Hi, you Donzel. you pudgy-wudgy little barrel of blubber. <laughs> oh,
4: Phil, come here a minute. What do you want, Jasper? Phil, look at it. Instead of playing one number today, I want you to play two band numbers. Well, well. I know you've been fighting it, but my fan mail finally got you, huh, Jackson? <laughs> Phil, the only reason I'm asking you to do two numbers is because Mary can't be here. She has laryngitis.
7: Laryngitis, huh?
4: She got it in the arm or the leg. (laughs) I won't even dignify that with an answer. And, Phil, since you mentioned fan mail, every week I receive hundreds of letters complimenting Dennis, hundreds of letters praising Don and Mary. But not once have I Oh, yes, yes Once I received something in the mail For you and your orchestra For me and my orchestra? Then you had no right to open it I'm sorry I did It almost blew my arm off (laughs) So, Phil, just go in the studio And tell your boys to play another tune Okay, I'll get to it later Later? Phil, I want you to do it now We haven't got much time Slow down, buster Relax (laughs) Take it easy Have patience Oh, fine What do you know about patience?
7: Plenty I got to have patience you know it takes 24 months in a wooden keg before bourbon is good on hot cakes? (laughs) What? And you gotta keep rocking it, Dad. You gotta rock (laughs) That you should know. But now go out inside and rehearse your band. Okay, look, I'm gonna play a new number that Sammy, my drummer, wrote.
4: Oh, Sammy wrote a number? What's the name of it? Raise the awning, Mother. Daddy's leading a shady life. <laughs> <laughs> play anything, Phil. Nobody will recognize it okay, anyway. Okay, Dad, okay. Now, Don. Yes, Jack? After the program... Oh, Mr. We're... Belly, here's
5: your sandwich.
4: Good, I'm starved. Oh, Rochester, I wanted mayonnaise. They put on Thousand Island dressing.
5: Here. Thanks. You're not gonna get this
4: one never anybody. God. Don, I'm going down the hall And get a Coca-Cola out of the machine God, The way Don eats is so Oh, well, there's someone else at the Coke machine Hmm, I haven't got the right change uh, pardon me, miss, but have you got a nickel for four pennies?
11: <laughs> oh, yes, I. Well, Jack!
4: Why, Dorothy. Dorothy Kirsty. <laughs> Dorothy, I-, I knew you were in town with the opera company, but what are you doing at NBC?
11: Oh, I'm making a recording, and I stopped out here for a coke.
4: Oh, oh, what song are you recording?
11: The aria Visidarte from La Tosca.
4: Oh, that's wonderful, Visidarte. Uh, <laughs> uh, what are you recording on the other side?
11: Raise the awning, Mother. Daddy's leading the shady life. <laughs>
4: Sammy did write that number <laughs> you know? I thought Phil was kidding Say, Dorothy, we had a lot of fun When you were on my program last year, didn't we?
11: We sure did Maybe sometime I can appear with you again
4: Yeah, perhaps sometime in the... Hey, wait a minute Dorothy, you can do me a great favor I can? Yeah, you see, Mary can't be on today And, gee, as long as you're here at the studio Would you mind stepping in and doing her part?
11: Call, oh, Jack, I couldn't take Mary's
4: place Sure you can, Dorothy Now, I'll tell you what I'll pay you the same salary I pay Mary. $40.
11: $40?
4: Well, Dorothy, you know, she's been with me for 10 years. (laughs) She started at 35.
11: Well, frankly, Jack, I'd rather come on your show for nothing. You would? That's the way it ended up last time.
4: (laughs) Now, oh, wait a minute, Dorothy. I finally sent you a check for $2,000.
11: I know, but those lawyer's fees were murder. Uh,
4: well, step in the studio, Dorothy, and oh, we'll... Mr.
11: Benny, do you mind if I... Gee, Mary,
10: you look different with your new hairdo.
4: Dennis, this isn't Mary. This is Miss Kirsten.
10: Oh, but you were on the program last year, weren't you?
11: Yes, I was.
10: I remember. I sang a song, and then you sang a number. That's right. It scared the daylights out of my mother. She thought my voice was changing. <laughs>
11: Now,
4: go sit down
11: <laughs> Jack, I have an idea what? As long as you want me to help out Filling in the time Instead of telling jokes I'd much prefer to sing a number
4: Gee, would you really? That'll be wonderful, Dorothy And how about my quartet joining in?
11: That'll be fine
4: Good Oh, sportsman, sportsman, come here a minute hmm. You know, I think you and Miss Kirsten ought to go through the number Once before the show Don't you think so, Dorothy Hmm. <laughs> what do you think would be a real high class number?
11: Oh, how about El Relicario by Jose Padilla?
4: Oh, fine. I always liked Jose's stuff, you know? <laughs> Go
11: ahead. <Yeah. laughs> El de y el de todo Madrid. Y
8: Pancelesa, y el Noguera,
11: and Effie boo If you say
1: lucky, let's light a lucky. We know that
7: just like your castanets, they will click with you. Give me a lucky
11: Lucky, made in Kentucky. I know that no senorita can beat a lucky strike. There's no denying luckies they're buying. Even in Spain, again with tobacco may we should see ya uh,
8: in Just-
4: Dorothy, you sure you haven't got laryngitis? <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy, that was wonderful. You know, I think you should rehearse an encore too, because the people will want one.
11: <laughs> All right, Jack, if you wish. I tell you what, I'd like to sing Aida.
4: Aida? Oh, that's wonderful, Dorothy. You know, that's one of my favorite operatic numbers. Let's hear it.
8: Aida, sweet as apple like the Aida. Aida.
11: a spoon underneath the southern moon. Uh, That's not Ida,
4: Gordon. That's Ida.
11: It's a different number. So soft and warm. Iva, Iva, uh, give me a piece of paper. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Kirsten,
12: Miss Kirsten, Kirsten. Just call me Dottie.
11: I can hear you calling when the rain and dam are falling I will join you. If
10: he I love you, Bye!
3: Jack, we'll be back in just a moment. But first,
1: an impartial survey covering all the southern tobacco markets shows that more independent tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. Yes, Lucky Strike. First again with Tobacco Man.
11: Excuse me, but who are these tobacco experts?
1: Why, they're the independent auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen, men with years of experience in buying, selling, and handling tobacco. And it's important for you to know that more of these experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. You've heard the survey results. Now here's what Mr. Henry Loden Snell, veteran warehouse owner, who has sold near 130 million pounds of tobacco, recently said.
13: At auction after auction, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike by fine, mild, ripe tobacco. And I know that fine tobacco is tops for a good smoke. I've smoked Lucky 17 years.
1: A Lucky Strike smoker for 17 years. And Mr. Snell, like you, looks to a cigarette for enjoyment. Real deep-down smoking enjoyment. So light up a Lucky yourself. Puff by puff, you'll see. L-S-M-F-T. LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and fine tobacco means a world of smoking enjoyment in every Lucky You Light. Yes, you'll like Lucky Strike.
4: Good night, folks.
3: This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
14: Good health to all from Rexall. Yes, it's Sunday, time for the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show presented by the makers of Rexall drug products and your Rexall family druggist.
15: Good evening. This is your Rexall family druggist, taking a little time from behind the prescription counter this Sunday evening to speak for all 10,000 of us. The 10,000 druggists who have added the word Rexall to our own store names. You can always tell us by the orange and blue Rexall sign in our windows. The sign means that we carry the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company. They range all the way from aspirin to penicillin, and they're as fine and pure and dependable as science can make them. We recommend them to our customers because we know you can depend on any drug product that bears the name
14: Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. And now your Rexall family druggist brings you the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. Written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet. With Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Gail Gordon, Janine Roos, and Whitfield, Walter Scharf and his music, yours truly Bill Foreman, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. <laughs> Today is an average day in the Harris household. Alice has finished the lunch dishes, the children are playing with a new toy, and Phil has just come down for breakfast. Good morning, everybody.
16: Good morning, Phil. Hello, Daddy. Hey.
7: What do you kids got there?
16: A chemistry set. It's a present from William. He bought it for them this morning.
7: Willie bought something for somebody? (laughs) (laughs) Well... Since I got him that job with Rexall last week, the boy's become a plunger. (laughs) How much did this set cost him?
9: Ninety-eight cents.
7: The plunger's got a short handle. (laughs) Ninety-eight cents, huh? That's a fine present for his rich sister's children.
8: Now that he's working...
9: Now that he's working at the drugstore, Uncle William
17: says he's going to give me and Phyllis a lot of presents. Mm -hmm.
7: (laughs) Yes, yes, indeed For Christmas I can see him putting two small tubes of dental floss under the tree (laughs) Alice, look, a chemistry set is dangerous They can hurt themselves messing around with that
16: Oh, it's just a toy and it's perfectly harmless They can't get into any trouble with it No,
9: Daddy This morning we made ink with it
16: You made ink, huh? How was it? It was delicious
7: you drank it? <laughs> Alice, do something. Call a doctor. Get
16: a blotter. No, no, no. Don't get excited, Phil. They just tasted it, and I washed their mouths out. They know enough not to do it again. Believe me. Girls, you'd better go outside and play now. Okay, Mommy. Come on, Phyllis.
7: Willie, Willie. When he's not doing something to me, he's doing something to my children. <clears throat> Getting him that job was the best thing I ever did. At least now he won't be bothering me during the day, and it'll certainly be a relief to hear him come in every morning with that...
18: Good morning, Philip. <laughs>
7: What'd he do, have a record made? <laughs> what are you doing here during the day, Willie?
18: I just came from a meeting with Mr. Scott.
7: Scott? Hmm. Who's Mr. Scott?
18: Well, he's a very important man with the Rexall Company. He and the other executives were talking about you and your radio show, Philip. Oh. Hmm?
7: Talked about me, huh? Kind of cut me up a little, huh? <laughs> What'd they have to say about me, Willie? Well... Come on, uh, tell me what they said.
18: <laughs>
7: Come on, what did they think of
18: me? You needn't worry, Philip. You have a contract, and there's nothing they can do about it.
7: Knock off, will you, Levi? Get lost. Go back to the drugstore and stuff cotton in their aspirin bottles. <laughs> nothing they can do about it. What do you mean nothing they can do about it? They'd have to be crazy to try to get rid of me. I'm the greatest thing since rubber
8: gloves.
7: (laughs) Can't understand it. I can't even get to meet this Mr. Scott. How come you got so close to him in only one week?
18: I don't know. Guess he was captivated by my sparkling personality.
7: (laughs) Captivated? You got a personality that sparkles like a hangnail. (laughs) There's got to be another reason. Well,
18: of course, he was very much impressed with the new bookkeeping system I installed. It's really quite a system.
7: Oh, I'll bet it's just a gym dandy. (laughs) You must explain it to me sometime.
18: Oh, I'll be glad to. It's a double entry system. Steve,
7: that's fine. Just close it up right there. (laughs) Hey, look, let me ask you something. Don't you have to get back to the office?
18: Oh, my goodness, it's almost one o'clock. I'd better hurry. And now, don't worry, Philip. Next time I see Mr. Scott, I'll put in a good word for you. If I can think of one. <laughs> Goodbye.
16: <laughs> Goodbye, Willie.
18: If I can think of one.
7: Some sharp talk. Kid's really getting sharp. Ain't no stopping him since he won first prize for his tapioca pudding at the Pomona Fair. <laughs>
16: so annoyed with William? Because
7: I hate apple polishers, that's why. Just trying to get on the good side of the boss. Look, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't even trying to get me off of that show. Look, I'll get it. Must be Willie again. Probably forgot something. His beret. <laughs> I'm getting a little fed up with his coming around all the time, and I'm gonna tell him so. Why don't you stop coming around here? bothering me. So? <laughs> You don't love me anymore. Oh, Frankie, I
13: didn't... I'm glad I found out in time before I made a fool of myself. <laughs>
0: what
8: do you mean?
7: What do you mean before you made a fool of yourself? Before I gave you the ring. Oh, well.
8: <laughs> Cut
7: out the clowning, well, Willie. That's you? a fine way to greet Remley, me, Remley. I'm sorry, and I want to apologize. I thought you were Willie. That's the most insulting
13: apology. I've ever... <laughs> so sore willy about well
7: come on in i'll tell you all right let's go in the kitchen you can have a bite to eat with me mm-hmm.
13: well what's it all about curling what's Willie done to you this time
7: oh i don't know ever since i got that job at rexall for him last week he's been doing everything in his power to impress them with his ability mm-hmm. sit down yeah thanks mm, cold chicken frankie look I got a serious problem. Willie's trying to undermine me with the company. He wants to get me off the show. you pass a mustard? Look, Remley, this is important. Do you realize that if that happens, I'll be out of a job? Potato salad, please. (laughs) Frankie, will you pay attention? Okay. Now, look, I got to think Uh, of...
13: Pass me some of that stuff
7: first. Oh, here. Look, Frankie... I got to think of some way to stop this guy. Hey,
8: this
13: is wonderful wine. Good vintage. Nice body, very dry. What do you call this stuff? Ink.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, ink? Yeah, ink. It's excellent vintage, though. Waterman's 1926. Serves you right. The kids made that stuff with the chemistry set that Uncle Willie gave them. Uh Look, Frankie, I've been trying to tell you. Willie invented a new book system or a keeping system for the company, Mm -hmm. and now he's the fair-haired boy with a Mr. Scott, a big man there. I ain't even met the guy. Uh Remley, I got to do something to uh, impress the executives. Why don't you invent something? Like what?
13: Well, what's the most important thing that Rexall makes and sells? What are they famous for? Drugs. That's it All you gotta do Is invent a new drug
7: (laughs) That's all, huh? Yep Simple as that Yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah, there's only one trouble I'm a little out of practice You see (laughs) I haven't invented a drug For a fortnight now (laughs) About nine days (laughs)
8: Look
7: What makes you think they need a new drug? Statistics. He ain't even with the company.
19: (laughs) Oh, thanks a
7: lot.
13: Look, how many independent druggists do they got? 10,000. How many drug products do they make? 2,000. All right, you see. That leaves 8,000 druggists without a drug. (laughs) You must admit that makes sense. Figures (laughs) That figures.
8: Sure. <laughs> hey, Remley.
13: What? Whatever gave you the idea of inventing a new drug? Well, oh, the kid's chemistry set and my knowledge of chemical formulae.
8: <laughs> formulae?
13: That's yeah, Latin. It's female for formula.
8: <laughs>
7: Hey, hmm? you sound like you know what you're talking about. Well,
13: of course I do. Come on, let's experiment. A lot of things are discovered by chemists just accidentally mixing things together. With my knowledge, we're sure to hit something. Yeah,
7: a lot of things are discovered accidentally. Sure. Anyway, it's worth a try. Hey, come on, Frankie, now look. Let's get the kids' chemistry set, mix a few things together, and we'll see what happens. Curly, Maybe we really, can... please. We chemists
13: cannot work with a child's implements. <laughs> we'll need a professional set with
7: test tubes and Bunsen burners. You'll have to buy an elaborate set. Okay, Frankie, but you better come with me so I don't get stuck. All right. Hey, I hope this thing works how I'd love to show that Willie up. Wouldn't that be something? Well, like the General said, let's get moving. The General? Yeah. <laughs> general said, "Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up." But his noble steed said, "No, indeed, go get yourself a jeep." Then the general said, "Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up." But his man of war just said, "What for?" and went right back to sleep. Then the general called the captain, told the captain to tell the sergeant to tell the privates that he personally would lead. Now he made a loud and fervent speech, he made a strong appeal. And he said, good friends, just follow me, I'll lead you through the field. Then the general said, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. But his noble horse said, man, get lost, and walked right off the field. Then the general said, giddy up, giddy up, come on, giddy up. But his stallion booed him where he stood And called that Jenna heel And that there horse come walking by His noble head held high And he walked up to the general Looked him smack dab in the eye And he said, my friend, let's get it straight Let's get it straight right now If you think I'm gonna lead a charge You crazy as a cow The battle raged and raged and raged The shells fell all around But the general's dobbin' did no bobbin' He just stood his ground The soldiers fought and fought and fought, and fought and The battle was no cinch, but the general and his faithful horse—they didn't move an inch. Then the bugler blew his bugle, his comrades left the fray. The mighty war was over, so they proudly marched away. But the general on his noble nag, his face was streaming tears. Said, "I'll make that old hay burner move if it takes a million years." Oh, the general general said, "Giddy giddy "Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up." They left him so I'll never know If he ever made that darn neck go With his giddy-up, 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 giddy-up Oh, come on, horse, at least take me back to the officer's club The The General and his horse Hey, Ramley. What?
13: How much further is this chemist supply store? Oh, it's in this block, a couple of doors down. See, now, I want to make sure we get everything. We'll need a uh, couple of dozen test tubes, some mixing pans, Bunsen burners. Oh. Uh, hmm? What are them burners for? Oh, they're necessary to every chemist. Yeah? Can't burn a Bunsen without them. Oh. <laughs> If we want to discover a new drug We'll need them to heat up the ingredients What are we after, a hot headache pill? How stupid can a man be? <laughs> well, Curly, when we get in the store You better let me do the talking If we don't sound like professionals They won't sell us anything
7: All right, all right pro, you can do the talking You better start it, too Here comes the clerk How do you do, sir? What can I do for you? Oh, uh, uh nothing for me, but my colleague, Madame Curie, wants to buy <laughs> <laughs> Madam Madame Curie?
13: <laughs> uh, pay no attention to Professor Harris. He's been working on the atom bomb and he's a little radioactive. <laughs> uh, we'd like to buy the best chemistry set you have.
19: Oh, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're professional chemists, of course. Please. <laughs> H2O CO2 and carbon4 dioxide 5.
13: <laughs> and If that
1: ain't enough,
7: granite 3883. Eight, eight, three.
8: <laughs>
15: yes.
13: Now, uh,
19: will you please show us your most expensive set? Well, uh, very well, if you insist. I have one on the shelf right here. Mm-hmm. This is the best chemistry set that money can buy. Yeah, this looks adequate. We'll take it. Wait, pro, wait.
8: <laughs>
19: uh, how much is it, mister? Oh, not very much. The cabinet is $20. I Bad. Plus the chemicals, which are $165. Huh? Plus the smear slides, plus the culture discs. That'll be a total of $210.
7: Plus 3% sales tax. (laughs) Hey, bud. Um, do you have a brother working in a packing house who cut up a steer for me three weeks ago? (laughs)
19: That was me, Professor Harris.
7: I change jobs. I do that quite often. Well, don't ever take a job in a penny arcade. You won't be happy with their
8: prices.
7: (laughs) Hey, Curly, stop quibbling
13: about price. This is important to you. All
7: right, all right. All right, wrap it up, mister. We won't take it home, get started. Very
19: well. Oh, a word of warning. If you don't know what you're doing, these sets can be dangerous. No, please, don't worry about us, bub. (laughs) No. By the way, we'll also need
13: some test tubes and mixing pans. Oh, look, and another thing. Throw in a couple of them bunion
8: burners. (laughs) Hey, Curly,
13: look at all these chemicals and acids we have. Oh, with what we have here, we shouldn't have any trouble
7: inventing something great. Let's get started. Yeah, but... Hey, Remley, Hmm? you think we should be doing this here on the dining room table... This is an expensive piece of furniture. We might damage it. No, not with me handling the stuff. However, if it'll make you feel better, we'll cover it up. Put that tablecloth on. Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) I'll just throw it on here, huh? Hmm? Yeah, there. Ain't no sense taking no chances. (laughs) No.
13: All right, now then, let's get started. Uh, First, I'll pour a little of this into a test tube. Uh, What is it? Uh, Hydrochloric acid. (laughs) harmless stuff. (laughs)
7: I'll just pour a little in this test tube. Frankie, be careful. Look, you're splashing it all over the tablecloth.
13: Well, that's all right. We got a lot of it. (laughs) Stop
7: worrying. It won't hurt the cloth. Okay, as long as it... (laughs) Remley, are you losing compression? (laughs) Hey, Remley, look. What? Look at that. It's
13: burden holes in the tablecloth. That's very weak material. Oh. I'm surprised that Alice buying
16: cheap... Hello, you're boys. Get... Hello. What are you doing in here? What's that stuff on the table... Oh, no. Look at my pure Irish linen tablecloth. Beautiful,
7: intricate lace work, hasn't it?
16: Bill Harris, what have you done? What are all these bottles on the table? Honey,
7: it's just a little chemistry set.
16: Well, take it out to the garage and play with it. And if you play real nice, I'll get you boys Tinker Toys for Christmas. Now, go on, run along. All
7: right, all right. Let's go out in the garage, Pro. Come
10: on.
16: (laughs) A new drug. I wonder when he'll get to Mud Pies. I never know what he's going to do. There's only one thing I'm sure of. A little bird told me that you love me. That you love me. And I believe that you do. You do. This little bird told me I was falling, really falling, falling for no one but you, none but you. There's no use denying. I might as well confess, of all the boys I know dear, I'm sure I love you best. A little bird. Told me that you love me That you love me And I believe that it's true A little bird told me we'd be married And I believe that it's true This little bird also told me when we married We'll have a pretty cottage not too far, Reep. all fenced in like a movie star. Root. Great Dane Pop, we'll call him Ace, lying there by the fireplace, a goldfish pond and a wishing well. Everything is gonna turn out swell.
1: A little bird told her she'd be married.
11: Dear, dear,
16: dear, dear,
11: dear. And we believe that is true. No. This little
7: bird also told her when she married.
16: We'll be the proudest couple in the land. Go through life hand in hand. Have a rancho way out west. Pick a spot that we love the best. A peachy king and all is well. Everything is going to turn out swell. And this is true, we know.
13: A little bird. He told
8: us so.
16: Love that little boy.
7: Hey, Frankie, how are we doing? You think we got something here? Shh, shh don't disturb
13: me. I gotta concentrate. It's coming to a boil. <laughs> hey, look, it's changing color.
7: It was pink and purple, and now it's changing to orange and blue. Well, then we got it, Frankie. Can't you see? It's the perfect drug for Rexall, a pill that's that's half orange and half blue. (laughs) I still like pink and purple.
13: (laughs) Curly, I think we got something here, though. As soon as it cools off, I'm going to pour it and let you have the honor and privilege of being the first one to taste our new drug.
8: (laughs)
7: Let's reverse that <laughs> I'll pour you taste No, oh, but Curly, I'm a scientist
13: The world needs men like me But you're expendable
8: <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be selfish?
13: You're going to think of the world or yourself? Yes
7: Yes <laughs> what? I think the world or myself <laughs> <laughs> Look, Remley, let's face it We're both afraid to
13: taste this stuff Yeah what we need is a human guinea pig to try it out on. Him.
7: Yeah, that's what we need—a guinea pig, somebody hey, who. What are
12: you two guys doing in the garage?
7: Well, if it ain't Julius, oink oink, a bruise eel. <laughs> hey, come on in here, kid. Come on in. Yeah, come on, pull up a sky and sit down. Hey, you guys, let go.
12: Get your clammy meat hooks from me. <laughs> Is up to.
13: Julius, my boy, I'm going to give you a chance to become famous. I'm going to let you do something that will make this world a better place to live in. You and you alone, Julius, can make your fellow man very happy.
12: Sorry, I ain't interested.
7: <laughs> Why not?
12: I ain't going to knock Mr. Harris off.
7: <laughs> Nobody's asking you to knock me off. All we want you to do is to help us with a little experiment. Experiment? Now, look, kid, Mr. Remley. <clears throat> My colleague And myself (laughs) Have just discovered A new drug That will be a boon To mankind
12: You've discovered A new drug?
7: Yes, sir And we want you To be the first to try it Just think, Julius If it's successful Your name will go down As one of the bravest men In medical history You'll be a martyr A man of destiny
12: Yeah I'll be a world famous martyr People will talk about me And I'll be a household word Gentlemen, I've reached a decision
7: Then you'll do it?
12: Are you kidding me? (laughs)
13: I made this stuff. What are you afraid of? What could happen to you?
8: I could drop dead.
19: (laughs) Besides that,
13: I guarantee nothing will happen to you. But if it does, we'll give you our antidote.
12: Did you discover an antidote too? No, but we'll
7: face that crisis when it
8: arises.
7: Look, Julius... I'm trying to discover a new drug for my sponsor. If I can show a big shot like Mr. Scott that I have his interests as heart, he'll accept me. We'll travel around together socially. Shake
12: your breath. <laughs> I should give my life just so you can go steady with Mr. Scott.
13: <laughs> Julius, look. I poured a little in this test tube. Here, just taste it. Stop shoving it into my head.
7: Ouch, it's hot! Julius, you're dropping it.
13: I don't think this stuff's gonna be any good for headaches
8: <laughs>
7: Boom, it <Midwest>, was, huh? <laughs> well, a boom How? Yeah
8: <laughs> Curly,
13: you all right? Yeah, I'm fine How about you? Yeah, I'm only one piece I...
8: <laughs>
13: Curly Yeah <laughs> Wasn't Julia standing here a minute ago? I
8: could
7: have sworn he was. Hey, Frankie, hmm? you think that maybe
13: could be?
8: <laughs>
13: oh well, here today and gone tomorrow. <laughs>
7: Yeah, but he didn't even wait till tomorrow. Poor
8: little
13: Julius. Too bad it had to happen. What are you,
7: a couple of wise guys or
12: something?
7: (laughs) Hey, Julius, you all right? Where were you?
12: you discovered for Rexall, huh? What are they going to do, open a bomb department?
13: All right, we're sorry, kid. It was an accident. I guess I put too much uranium in. I'm getting
12: out of here to think you guys wanted me to drink that stuff. But, Julius, we... Why do I tell my old man you tried to make an active
8: volcano out of me?
7: (laughs) There goes the guinea pig, Mr. Remley. This is a nice medical discovery you made. What's it supposed to do? Blow up the germs?
12: Oh, Philip!
7: Oh, no, look, there comes Willie. There he comes, and he's got some guy with him. If he sees what we did, I'll be a laughingstock. He'll tell everybody. i yeah. got to keep him out of the garage. Frank, hey, Frankie, come on. I think I've found a use for our drug. <laughs> you, me, yeah, now start pouring, keep pouring, just enough to scare him off. Are you ready? Yeah. Drop it as soon as they get near the garage door.
18: Oh, Philip, Alice told me you were...
13: I wonder what Alice told him you were
7: <laughs>
16: Hey Frankie, look
7: at Willie Look at Willie and his friend Rob. Yeah, we scared the daylights out of him That's Phil, the
16: funny. Phil, Frankie, what happened? What was that explosion? It was
7: nothing, honey We just played a little gag to scare Willie and his friend away Just a harmless Frank
16: Bill, Phil Phil, you shouldn't have done that Especially to Willie's friend.
7: (laughs) Oh, who's worried about Willie's friend? When will I ever see that guy again?
16: Around auction time. That was Mr. Scott. What?
14: (laughs) Alice and Phil will be back in a moment.
15: This is your Rexall family druggist again, folks, to tell you that... Mister? Yeah?
12: Why do you call yourself a family druggist?
15: Well, Sonny, it's like this. Most of us independent Rexall druggists have been serving families in our neighborhoods or towns for a good many years. In fact, we've seen young fellows like you grow up, get married, and start buying drug products for their own families.
12: What does the Rexall part mean?
15: You see that orange and blue Rexall sign in the window? Yeah. Well, that sign means we carry the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company. Who are they? Why, they're people who have taken years and years to make sure that Rexall products are completely fine and pure and good. They've made it possible for us to tell our customers, people just like your mommy and dad, that you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Can you say that?
12: Sure. You can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall.
15: Right.
14: (laughs) This program was produced and directed by Paul Phillips. The part of Frankie Remley was played by Elliot Lewis and Julius was played by Walter Tetley. Alice Fay appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. This is Bill Foreman wishing good health to all from Rexall. Sunday is Sunday on NBC. Stay tuned to this station for the Edgar Bergen Charlie McCarthy Show, which follows immediately.
3: This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
0: Well, hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of The Jack Benny Show from 1938-1939 season. This is a fun episode. It has a lot of uh, that false conflict that they have on a lot of episodes in which Jack gets mad at Phil and Phil's mad at Jack and Mary's involved and the whole cast is kind of upset with each other. I don't know why they played this up to such an extreme on different episodes. Uh, but my thought is that the writers were thinking, well, you can't have a great show without some conflict going on, because that's a definition of writing and story, is a story with conflict. I don't think they probably needed it. I think that uh, the gang is interesting enough without all the conflict, but it does add another dynamic to it, and certainly they wouldn't use it nearly as much in, in future years. Though they always have some of that going on, the internal conflict of the cast. Uh, Dennis's intro, where he comes in and makes his entrance, is probably one of the best entrances I've ever heard on the show. And I just said it was Dennis, I think. Anyway, it's Kenny. But when Kenny comes in on this episode, uh, his entrance is a real nice slow burn between all the cast and and Kenny and everybody uh, you'll see how it works out. I don't want to give too much away. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I, think, I think this is a certainly an entertaining episode. I hope you're going to enjoy it um, and keep tuning in to our episodes. Um, well, actually, when these episodes were released, I figured out today my dad would have been 11 years old when these episodes originally came on, so he might have heard them as as a young listener uh, way back when. Um, We've definitely talked about shows he used to listen to and things, but uh, his family didn't have a radio for a lot of the time. But they did when he was about 11 or 12, they did get a radio for a while. And so he might have listened to this, and it's when it was originally presented. Who knows? Um, of course, email me, uh, buckbennyotr at gmail.com, if you want to make comments about any of the episodes, chat with me. Um, have any kind of commentary that you want to talk about. Uh, I love uh, the feedback that folks give me. Uh, I try to get back to everybody at some point. Sometimes it takes a little while. But just know that I read every comment that anyone ever sends. Um, Anyway, enjoy tonight's episode, and we'll keep seeing you back for more Jack Benny, more Bing Crosby. We'll see you next time.
8: J-E-L-L
0: the
3: Jello program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Kenny Baker, and yours truly, Don Wilson. The orchestra opens the program with It Serves You Right. You know, when you have enough curiosity, you can make some interesting discoveries. And here's a woman who did just that. She wanted to know how much jello her family eats, and she found out. She is Mrs. Homer E. Poole, 13th Street, Riverside, California, and here's what she writes. I keep the front panels with the big red letters from the jello packages. I started saving them to see how much jello our family of four would eat in a year. Every time we had jello for dessert, we saved the front panel and dropped it in a box. At the end of the year, we were all anxious to find out how many packages we had used. There are so many lovely desserts you can make with those six delicious flavors. And when we opened the box, we found we had used 161 packages of Jell-O. Well, Mrs. Poole, they they say that figures always tell the truth, and those figures certainly tell the truth about Jell-O. They prove how delicious Jell-O tastes with that wonderful extra-rich fruit flavor that keeps the family coming back for more. No matter how often you serve Jell-O, it's always a brand new treat. So look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O. Ladies and gentlemen, the political excitement being over, we bring you that prominent citizen of Beverly Hills who was just elected dog catcher, Jack Benning.
4: Hello again, this is the Honorable Jack Benny talking. <laughs> and Don, that was awfully nice of you, but I wish you hadn't mentioned anything about my latest triumph. I'm trying very hard to forget it. Yes, but Jack, I
3: just can't figure out how a fellow like you would accept such a job as dog catcher.
4: Now, it was all a misunderstanding. I thought I was running for mayor. <laughs> oh, well, I might as well make the best of it. Imagine me dog catcher with my bony legs. <laughs> Gosh. It might be dangerous at that. Uh, When do you start your new duties? Oh, I've been working all week, but I better get a new pair of glasses for this job. Yesterday, I caught Bobby Breen three times. (laughs) You did? Yeah, the last time, he bit me. (laughs) But you know, you know what burns me up, Don? Here, Andy Devine is mayor of Van Nuys, Al Jolson is mayor of Encino, and I've got fleas. (laughs) I found one on my arm this morning Leaning on a shovel (laughs) He likes me so well, he's building (laughs) Oh, well, that's just my luck
17: What's the matter, Jack? What are you raving about now?
4: Oh, nothing, Mary I'm just sore about the election, that's all See, I'd make a darn good mayor of Beverly Hills But they can't see it
17: Oh, gee whiz, Jack. Haven't you got enough to do as it is? Well. You're in radio, you're in pictures. Well. And you give violin lessons on Tuesdays? <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want?
4: Mary, if you're referring to my little group of pupils, I'm certainly not getting rich on them. You're not, eh? No. If I didn't sell them rosin and strings now and then, I'd hardly <laughs> break even. <laughs>
17: Even, you've been making plenty of profit on those violin strings, according to Winchell's column last night.
4: Winchell? What did he have to say about it?
17: He said, uh, what prominent radio and picture star has been seen kidnapping cats?
4: (laughs) Well, he didn't necessarily mean me. He should have a line in his column saying, what feminine radio star wears funny-looking
8: hats?
4: (laughs) I I wish you could see the one Mary's got on tonight. It's a Lulu, folks. It looks like an extra eyelid
8: <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, What do you think of it, Phil? Phil? Phil didn't get here yet, Jack He didn't? Oh, say, that reminds me I must tell you, kid, something before Phil comes in Is he burned up at me?
17: What'd you do, cut his salary again? No No
4: <laughs> But Don, Don, remember that girl he brought to my party two weeks ago? Oh, you mean that beautiful brunette Barbara Whitney? Yes, Barbara. Yeah.
17: Say, Jack, what? didn't I see you and Barbara at the Wiltshire Bowl last Monday night?
4: That was us. Wiltshire Bowl? Why, that's where Phil and his boys are playing, isn't it? Sure, that was the idea, Don. I took Barbara there to get Phil's goat, and you should have seen his face when we walked in. Was he burnt up? Burned up. Don, you never heard such hot music from that orchestra in your... <laughs>
17: What happened when Phil introduced you on the floor, Jack?
4: Oh, well, that was just a dirty trick. What was it, Mary? Well,
17: Jack and Barbara were sitting at a table, so Phil asked Jack to stand up and take a bow.
4: Yes. Now, Mary.
17: And when he did, the guitar player hit him with a tomato.
4: (laughs) You'd have got a bigger laugh if you'd have said tomato. (laughs) You know, you don't have to get ritzy on this program. Well, it's just lucky for Phil that I laughed it off and sat down Well, personally, Jack, I think it was a pretty cheap thing for Phil to do Oh, I didn't care about getting hit with a tomato down But the manager came over and wanted me to sign a contract to do it every night
17: <laughs> What's the matter? Wasn't there enough dough in it?
4: Oh, the money was all right, but that sort of comedy is dated, you know. But Barbara and I had a good time anyway. I got enough pleasure just watching Phil squirm.
17: Say, Jack, who was that fellow sitting at the same table with you? You know, that good-looking guy. Oh, that
4: was a relative of Barbara's from out of town, her Uncle Louie. Well, hey, Jack, watch out, watch out. Here comes Phil now. Oh, boy, is he burned up. I'm almost afraid to face him. <laughs> oh, hello, Phil. Hiya, Jack, old boy. How's my baby?
12: Wow, and he burned up. <laughs>
4: Oh, he's just putting it on. Now, watch me, Mary. Say, Phil, have you seen Barbara lately?
8: <laughs>
4: Barbara who? You know who I mean. Barbara Whitney, the girl I took to your Wiltshire Bowl last Monday night. Oh, yeah. She brings a lot of guys in there. <laughs> Mary, you see how mad he is? Hot diggity. I'm not mad about your taking Barbara out. Oh, not much. But if you ever come into my club again and start handing out cards, I'll have
7: you thrown out. What yeah. cards? You know, the ones that say Jack Benny, violin lessons and
4: supplies.
8: <laughs>
7: you
4: see, he's trying to change the subject. Oh, boy, is he sizzling. Wahoo! Now, wait a minute, Jack. Yeah. Let's get one thing straight. I'm not a bit jealous about Barbara. Oh, no, no. Well, I'm not Oh, heaven forbid <laughs> Oh, no, of course not Look, you took her out Monday night, didn't you? Yeah <laughs> Well, I took her out Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday What do you know about that? Well, let me tell you something, Smarty It's customary for a fella to send flowers to a girl, isn't it? Yeah Well, I haven't seen Barbara since Monday night And yesterday she sent me the most gorgeous box of roses you ever saw <laughs> I know she did Yeah, what are you laughing at? I told her you were dead <laughs> Oh, so that's why that card had a black border. I thought it was something new. (laughs) Phil, the next time you tell a girl that I'm dead and I'm not, you'll get yours. What a heel he turned out to be.
17: Who's burned up now?
4: I'm not burned up. I just can't imagine anyone doing a thing like that. That's all. Sing, Kenny.
17: Kenny isn't even here yet. Well, all right, don't holler
4: at me. What are you gonna play, Phil? Well, I'm gonna Well, go go ahead and play it. We haven't got all night. Sing, Kenny. I mean, play, Phil but a dirty trick to do to a pal. you got me from the mask and wig show played by the Jello Orchestra and directed by a young man who had best read the want ads.
8: <laughs>
4: if you get what I mean, maestro. What's the matter with you, Jack? Haven't you got a sense of humor? Sense of humor? Phil, I don't see anything funny in telling Barbara that I was dead.
17: Oh, she'd have found out sooner or later. <laughs>
4: well, it's nothing to laugh at. It was an awful thing to do.
17: Jack, you don't think for a minute Phil really said that, do you?
4: Yes, I do. That guy would say anything. How about the time he told Carol Lombard that I wore a girdle? (laughs) You were there.
17: Yeah, they were snapping you all night. (laughs) (laughs)
8: Hmm.
4: And now he's trying to get me in wrong with my girl, Barbara. Your girl? What are you talking about? She was with me when you met her, wasn't she? Hello, Jack. Sure she was with you, but she can improve herself, can't she? (laughs) Hiya, Phil Improve herself Ha,
16: ha, that's a laugh Well, the laugh's
4: on you, big boy Mary, do you ever see such an all-around egotist?
17: Hello, Mary No, I haven't, Jack But you're as bad as he is
4: Just the same, Mr. Harris If you want to know something I'm going to propose to Barbara When?
17: When his rheumatism gets better He can't bend his knees this week
4: Oh, sticking up for him, huh?
2: Hello, Don Say, will you talk to me?
3: Yes, Kenny Now, look, kid Jello has six delicious flavors <laughs> Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime So look for the big red letters on the box Thanks,
4: Don, you're a peach (laughs) Oh, oh, hello, hello, Kenny Say, Jack, what's the big argument all about? Oh, Phil and I were having a little discussion about my girlfriend, Miss Whitney
2: Was she the girl you had with you at the Wilshire Bowl the other night?
4: Yeah, oh, were you there, Kenny? Hey, why didn't you come over to my table and say hello? I was afraid to Why? Phil told me you had smallpox (laughs)
8: Smallpox?
4: Well, that's the worst yet Kenny, you're a friend of mine. Why didn't you come over anyway? Well, I went out to get vaccinated, and by
2: the time I got back, you were gone.
4: (laughs) Oh, so Harris told another lie, yeah? Well, he's just sore because I took his ex-girl, Barbara, up to his place and danced every dance. Wait a minute. You danced every dance with her? All right, so the waiter had one little (laughs) foxhole.
17: Hey,
4: what's that? Well,
3: that's unusual, Jack. Why did you let the waiter dance with your girl? Oh, I don't know.
17: It was either that or give him a tip.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Mary, that had nothing to do with it. I just happened to know him, that's all. Say, Jack, who was that good-looking fellow
2: sitting with you and Barbara at the table?
4: Oh, that was a relative of hers from out of town, her Uncle Louie. Ha,
17: ha, ha.
4: Yeah. Her Uncle Louie, that's rich. He was holding Barbara's hand all evening, wasn't he? Well, naturally, he hadn't seen her in a long time. Her uncle is bound to be a little affectionate.
17: Well, somebody ought to tell her aunt. <laughs>
4: hey, wait a minute. Say, maybe there is something to that. Oh, I... Gee, I can't believe that Barbara would... Gosh, she, she acted like she liked me. I... Gee, I wish I could find out.
2: Do you want me to ask her for you? No, Phil, I'll ask her myself. Huh? Why don't you use my system? Just walk right up to her and hear her on the back and say, Listen, babe, how do we stand? <laughs>
4: Kenny, Kenny, you're a nice boy and all that, but don't try to tell me anything about women. Oh, yeah? yeah. I've been slapped more than you have. You're happier than I am, too. <laughs> well, I suppose I'll have to go on guessing.
17: Oh, Jack, I just thought of something. I know how you can find out that whether Barbara likes you or not. How? Well, oh, come here a minute, and I'll whisper to you.
4: All right. Hmm... Uh-huh Go away, Kenny hmm. <laughs> Say, it might work at that Shall we do it now?
17: Sure, why not? Okay, hey,
4: fellas Carry on with the show, will you? Mary and I have to go someplace Where are you going, Jack? Never mind, I'll tell you later Hey, Rochester, get my car ready We're leaving right away Did you get fired? No <laughs> Come on, Mary Sing, Kenny See you later Gee, I hope this works
2: Umberellas, umbrellas, 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 umbrellas. Toodle, umma, lama, toodle, umma, lama, toodle, a Any umbrellas, any umbrellas to fix today. Bring your parasol, it may be small, it may be big. I repair them all with what you call a thingamajig. Pitter patter patter, pitter patter patter. It looks like rain. Let it pitter patter, let it pitter patter. Don't mind the rain. I'll mend your umbrella and go on my way, singing toodle umma umma toodle ay, toodle umma llama toodle ay. Any umbrellas to fix today? When there's a law. And things are dull. I sharpen knives for all the wise in the neighborhood, and I'm pretty good. I'll darn a sock or set a clock, an apple cart, a broken heart, time, and anything. But I'd rather sing. Toodle um a toodle toodle. Any umbrellas, any umbrellas to fix today. I'll patch up your troubles and go on my way. Singing Toodle, lama Lumma, Toodle-A, Toodle, Lumma, Lumma, Toodle-A. Any umbrellas to fix today. Ah-oh- Prepare a song, it may be small, it may be big I repair them all with what you call a thingamajig ah, 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 ah. I'll mend your umbrella, then go on my way Singing toodle ma lam a toodle ay toodle a ma Any umbrellas to fix Today, Umbrella, Umbrella.
4: Take it easy, Rochester. Hey, Mary, you sure you know where the place is?
17: Yes, Jack, and stop being so fidgety.
4: Oh, gosh, I've never been in this neighborhood before. Anyway, I feel funny about going to a fortune teller.
17: Well, this one is marvelous. She'll tell you things that'll make your hair stand up.
4: She will? She can't do it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind, Rochester. Hey, we're not going to a fire. Slow down.
5: Okay, boss. I hate to see that evening
4: sun Stop that singing. If I want entertainment, I'll put in a radio.
5: A radio in this car would stand out like a bathroom in a log cabin.
4: <laughs> now, and stop arguing, you nearly hit that truck. See the way you drive, I'm surprised you don't get a ticket. I'll never get a ticket driving this car. Why not? All the cops think it's a mirage. <laughs> now, don't be so comical. See that fortune teller lives in a spooky neighborhood. Are you sure we're going the right way, Mary?
17: We'll be there in a minute. It's 1002 Dracula Drive.
4: <laughs> Dracula Drive?
17: Uh, turn left at this corner, Rochester.
4: Yes, sir. <laughs> Rochester, when you make a left turn, you're supposed to stick out your hand.
5: I did that last time, and the steering wheel went with it. <laughs>
4: You better have that fixed immediately.
17: Oh, Jack, why don't you trade in this piece of junk?
4: I'm going to, Mary. I'm trying to get an allowance of $400.
17: You couldn't get $400 on this car if the cushions were stuffed with government bonds.
4: <laughs> I couldn't, eh?
17: <laughs> That's a good one, Miss Livingston. Shut up.
4: <laughs> and by the way, Rochester, I thought I told you to wear a chauffeur's uniform while you're driving.
5: That ain't going to help things, any.
4: I'll do it just the same.
17: Uh, say, Jack, there's a place over there, that old frame building.
4: Gee, it's a funny looking dump. Isn't it?
17: Stop right here, Rochester.
4: Okay. Well,
5: here we are.
8: <laughs>
4: yes, right up against the telegraph pole. Well, we ought to have breaks. I'm tired of throwing
5: that anchor out.
17: <laughs> well.
4: We're here, anyway.
17: Uh, yeah, there's a sign. Uh, Madam Zombie, psychic. Reveals your past, present, and future. Screen-o every Thursday night. <laughs> hmm.
4: Just our luck to come on Sunday. Gee, this is a weird-looking place. Hey, Rochester, we'll only be a few minutes. Wait out here for us, will you?
5: I must stay out here alone in this neighborhood.
4: Oh, all right. Then come along with us. What a creepy place. Ring the bell, Mary. There's the button. Okay. <laughs> Gee, that's a peculiar bell.
5: Nobody home, Let's go. <laughs>
4: Give him a chance and stop trembling.
17: Here comes somebody now.
4: Hmm. How do you do? Uh, how do you do? My name is Jack Benny. I came here to see Madam Zombie. She's occupied at present. Won't you come in? Yes. Come on, Mary. You too, Rochester. Madam Zombie is busy with a client. In the meantime, you may be seated.
8: <laughs>
4: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's kind of hard to see in here, isn't it, huh? This place is darker than a telephone
5: booth in Harlem.
4: <laughs> Quiet, Rochester, and where are you? Here I am. Well, open your eyes so I can see you.
17: <laughs> right now, I'd give $2 for a coal miner's hat.
4: Just put a candle on the one you're wearing. That'll do it. <laughs> Now, pardon me, mister, but I hope we won't have to wait very long Did you have
7: an appointment, or are you the reckless type?
4: Well, I had no appointment, but I'm quite anxious to have my fortune told You see, I want to find out whether a certain girl loves me Well, I've never seen the young lady, but offhand, I'd say no (laughs) Well, offhand, I didn't ask you (laughs) when can I see Madame Zombie? Have patience she is now communing with the spirit world.
5: I can stand and drink myself. <laughs>
4: Rochester. Now, where, where is Madam Zombie? At present, she is flying through space, and when she returns, you will be summoned. I see. <laughs> what was that? I didn't hear anything. You didn't? <laughs> Rochester, did you hear anything? Rochester! Rochester!
8: I'm out in the car, boy.
4: <laughs> now, now how did he get through that door without opening it?
17: It's got a keyhole, ain't it? Oh,
4: that's right. Say, mister, I wonder how long we'll have to wait. Here. Not very long now, Mr. Benny. Excuse me, please. I'll call you later. <laughs> Mary, this is an awful place you brought me to. I wish I hadn't come.
10: Yeah, it
17: is kind of spooky.
4: Yeah.
10: Candy, popcorn, peanuts, and program. (laughs) You can't tell
4: one spirit from another without a program. (laughs) Well, that's just a racket. Mary, why you ever brought me to a joint like this, I'll never know. Now, are you sure this Madam Zombie knows her business?
17: Oh, certainly, Jack. She's wonderful.
4: Well, that's good. Are you going to have your fortune told, too?
17: No, I'm just going to collect my commission and get out of (laughs) here.
4: Oh, I get it. Why, Mary, you ought to be ashamed of yourself.
17: Oh, quiet. Here comes that werewolf again.
4: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ah, you're still here. We're ready for you, Mr. Benny. At last. If you'll follow me, I'll take you to the mystic chamber, the inner sanctum of Madam Zombie.
8: (laughs) Gee.
4: Enter. This is an odd looking room here. Mary, do you smell that incense? Gee, it reminds me of that perfume I gave you for Christmas. Remember?
11: Yeah, open the window. Shh.
4: There she is. Adam Zombie, I have brought you another client. One who seeks your advice and counsel.
12: Very well, I shall guide him. You may go now, Junior.
4: At once, madam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how do you do?
12: Sit right down here, Mr. Benny. Now tell me, what is your problem?
4: Uh, Madam Zombie, I'd like to find out whether a certain girl is fond of me or whether I'm pursuing a false dream. Uh, Can you help me?
12: Yes. Now gaze with me into this crystal ball. Concentrate and think only of your question.
4: Yes, Madam Zombie.
12: Wait, wait. I'm waiting. Now, now I'm in a trance. I see little things creeping and crawling about Little things?
4: (laughs) Oh, what are you laughing at?
17: She's got ants in her trance
4: (laughs) Mary, you'll break the spell Madam Madam Zombie are you still in a trance Yes
12: ah oh, now it comes to me I see a tall beautiful brunette with sparkling eyes and a dazzling smile
4: Is her name Barbara
12: Yes and I see her holding a man in her arms she's kissing him kissing him Is it me No 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 Is it Phil? No, 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 no. (laughs) Well, for
4: heaven's sake, who is it?
12: Uncle (laughs) Louie. Uncle Louie?
4: I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You're a fake, Madam Zombie. You don't know anything. You don't don't even know how many flavors Jell-O has. It has three. You're wrong. Four. Wrong.
12: Five. Wrong. Seven.
4: (laughs) It has six flavors. Six. I knew you were a crook. You're a phony, Madam Zombie. I'm not going to pay you for the visit.
12: I'm not surprised. I saw that in the crystal too.
4: Oh, you did, eh? Well, come on, Mary. Let's go.
12: No, you don't, wise guy. Hey, Butch. Butch. What do you
2: want, Mamie?
12: I got a deadbeat here. Give him the work. Okay. Mary, take my arm. Let's run out of here. Hurry up. Wait for
4: me. Oh, darn those steps. I broke my ankle.
12: I could have told you that ten minutes ago. Well, why didn't you? I was holding out for your neck.
4: Oh, come on, Mary. Let's go.
3: If you want your guests to mean it when they say, that dinner was simply grand, here's all you have to do. Serve this grand new dessert, Jell-O Butterscotch Pudding. It's creamy, smooth, and mellow, rich with good old-fashioned butterscotch flavor. It's lovely to look at with a tempting taffy color, and it's swell to eat with real homemade goodness, smooth and luscious. And Jell-O Butterscotch Pudding is only one of three new Jell-O Puddings, There's Jell-O vanilla pudding, delicate, creamy, and inviting. And Jell-O chocolate pudding, a prime favorite made a new and better way. For all three, Jell-O puddings are amazingly quick and easy to prepare. And they're made with the same fine, wholesome ingredients you'd use yourself right in your own kitchen. So try all three. Ask your grocer tomorrow for Jell-O butterscotch, vanilla,
4: and chocolate pudding. Gosh, my ankle hurts. Drive slower, Rochester. Okay, boss. This is the last number of the seventh program
5: in the new Jell-O series, and we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time.
4: Ooh, my ankle. Rochester, stop at the first drugstore we come to, will you? Mary, will you run in and get me some liniment?
17: Sure, Jack. Give me the money.
4: Oh, never mind. I probably got some at home. Good night, (laughs) folks. Ooh, this ankle.
8: J-E-L-L-O!
3: Kenny Baker appears on the Jello program through courtesy of Mervyn Leroy Productions. This is the National Broadcasting Company.